Okay, so uh, I was with a friend. Uh, I was a pastor in Cincinnati, you know, west side of Cincinnati. It's Delhi. I'm with a couple, and we're at their house, and we're actually drinking some bourbon together. I, I guess I can say that on your podcast. So we're drinking some bourbon together, and her brother comes. And uh, it's a Saturday night, and we're hanging out, and he's like, uh, they're trying to get him to go to church. And she says to him, like, come to church with us. And he's like, but you guys have that chick pastor, don't you? <laughs> and and she was like, yes, we do. And this is her. And he was like mortified. But I was like, this is incredible. So he was comfortable enough to not pinpoint me as that supposed chick pastor. So ever since, I, I've called myself, I'm that chick pastor. <laughs> and what a chick pastor she is. Well, welcome in to episode number 51. Thank you so much for your time. I'm Dan Edwards, and this is A Greater Dayton, powered by the Dayton Business Journal. Here we focus on our unsung hometown heroes who inspire, entertain, and inform, making it A Greater Dayton. Well, today's guest is the senior pastor at one of the largest and most influential churches in our region and possibly the country. With an infectious laughter, she jokingly calls herself the Chick Pastor. And today on A Greater Dayton, we're going to be talking with the spiritual leader of Ginghamsburg Church, Pastor Rachel Billups. Just a head, lighthearted interview, an interview, if you will. It's going to leave you laughing. And also, she's going to share with you some thoughts on how we can bring our community together. Well, Greater Dayton Podcast is powered by the Dayton Business Journal and would not be possible without the support of Thrush & Son Complete Home Improvement. Since 1960, Thrush & Son Home Improvement has been enhancing homes from Lima to Lebanon. And for many, it's become the region's first choice for roofing, siding, windows, and a whole lot more. You know, it's important to hire the right contractor with your home improvement needs. They sweat the small stuff because they treat each job, big or small, with consideration and in a very professional manner. Setting the standards in the industry as a nationally recognized home improvement company that's complete home remodeling pros that you can trust. Thrush. Thrushandson.com. Well, as we continue my focus on strong female leadership here in the Dayton region, we take a look at strong leadership behind the pulpit. Today, we welcome... Pastor Rachel Billups. I guess to start out, you grew up in the Hawking Hills area? I did. So you're a Buckeye. I am a Buckeye. Yeah, I am a Buckeye. Oh, wait. Right? That's exactly right. I owe that, That's right. <laughs> so, and then 2014, you came to Ginghamsburg. Yes. Okay. How did that work? How, how did that you know, what's really interesting, I, I didn't even know Ginghamsburg existed all growing up, right? I, I was in the same denomination that we are in today, and yet here's this incredible church doing amazing things throughout the world, and I didn't even know it existed until I was in seminary. I went to Duke Divinity School. That's right. I'm a blue devil. <laughs> I went to Duke Divinity School, and it was in North Carolina that I found out about this church called Ginghamsburg. Well, lo and behold, I came back to Ohio because I wanted to be near family. My husband and I mm-hmm. uh, both raised here, actually both raised in the Honking Hills, and we had uh, a baby, and so we wanted to be near family. And uh, in 2008, I became part of something called the Young Pastors Network. Uh, Mike Slaughter, Pastor Mike Slaughter and Pastor Adam Hamilton, who's the senior pastor at Church of the Resurrection in Kansas City, had these young pastors from across the nation come to Ginghamsburg uh, first to learn from both of them. And that's when I 
met Mike Slaughter. Well, Mike offended me three times in our first conversation, (laughs) you know, Mike. So uh, it's not really hard for him to do. But what was so interesting is the very next day he looked at me and he said, Rachel Billups, I'm your champion. And he's been that ever since. He became a mentor of mine. Uh, At some point, I thought I was giving away a job that I was helping him recruit for. And I said, Mike, I think I'm giving my job away. I feel home at Ginghamsburg. I think I'm supposed to be here. And the rest is a little complicated, but is history. I came here in 2014 as the executive pastor of discipleship. I was a teaching pastor. And after several challenging moments and uh, moves along the way, right. in 2019, I became the senior pastor of Gang of Zerk Church in July. How do you fill the shoes <laughs> and sometimes sandals of <laughs> Mike I mean, You're exactly right. You know, what's so great is really uh, when Mike said he was my champion, he really was. And so from the beginning, I wasn't even here. I was a senior pastor in Cincinnati. Mike would invite me. I actually asked him to mentor me. I said, Mike, put your money where your mouth is, mentor me. And he said, yes. And so he uh, would allow me to come up and be part of leadership board meetings and actually asked me for my input. Like, not a part of this organization, but asked me for my input. So Mike was always willing to hear what I had to say. And because of that relationship, like he gave me permission to kick him in the tail and I gave him permission to kick me in the tail. And so there was always this like back and forth. And so Mike is... Um, I don't know if I can say this on your radio. Like he is the nicest asshole you'll ever meet. <laughs> and so like it's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, you can say yeah, I can say whatever I want. But he is so incredible. He is a, a visionary, the nicest asshole that you'll ever meet. But on the same at the same time, like he allowed me to be me. I'm not Mike. In fact, I'm a much more caring human being than Mike would ever be. But we had different gifts, but our gifts complemented each other. And so to this day, if I called him up and said, hey, what do you think about this? He would give me his input. I may not listen Mm. nine times out of ten. I'm not going to listen, but he still is championing me. And so there's Mm. just a great relationship. I think it's really important that when you take over for someone who's been here 38 years... Uh, exactly, that you have enough humility to say, hey, uh, what does this sound like? And sometimes he'll be like, I wouldn't do it that way. Um, And then I do it anyhow. And he says, actually, that turned out really well. (laughs) And so he's still a great sounding board. I'm functioning in this with this attitude that human beings are really compelling. (laughs) Like, I like people. I really love people. And, um, and, you know, even like yourself, there's so much knowledge and experience that you have. I want to learn from you. Mm -hmm. And so when I enter into these kind of mentoring relationships, I'm just as excited about, okay, I've got a few things that I think they can learn from me, but I want to learn from them as well. Do you particularly focus on women by any chance? I mean, because according to research, there's about 10% of females in the pulpits nationwide. Is that accurate? I bet it it probably, when you think about all the denominations and all of the churches, it's probably really, really accurate. And you're exactly right. Yes, I have a special place in my heart uh, to help women uh, develop a call into ministry, develop their leadership chops. In fact, a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, we did a conference called Fierce, where we invited women across the country to come And it was a conference for women, by women working in the church, not just clergy, but also there are a lot of women who work in uh, outside of clergy roles in the church. And so we had a myriad of speakers, uh, regular women, so to speak, um, who came and just shared snippets of their story and kind of 
TED Talk kind of ways and then gave women an opportunity to talk to one another about their own experiences. And I'm not trying to brag. It was one of the best conferences I've ever been a part of just because it was like real people helping real people, you know. Um, and so uh, every it feels like every other week I have someone who says to me, when, we, when are we doing another fierce conference? So, And it's out of those kinds of experiences that I do have women reach out to me and say, hey, do you have an opportunity to mentor me? Now, I got to be honest, I'm a highly relational human being. And sometimes I say too many yeses. So I have to be selective by how many of those relationships I can engage in because there's one of me. All right. So you and John. Now, John's a teacher at Northmont School District. Right? Yeah. And a coach at Tip City. Yes. And you've got four kids. And we've got four kids. How do you do it? <laughs> yeah, how do we do it? Uh, one day at a time, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the pieces is he is such an exceptionally... Um, supportive person. I always say that he's my biggest cheerleader. And one of the things that's unique about my husband, he's an incredible leader. In fact, the second year, I think he was at uh, Northwood Elementary School. He was the teacher of the year. Uh, he just a really, like, he, you think I'm extroverted. He's got me beat. He's really? got woo out the wazoo. He's just incredibly extroverted. So it's a really fun marriage relationship. Uh, when we're, like, out and about, um, you know, every stranger is a friend in waiting. It's just really exciting to be partnered with him. And so he has his own identity. So he's not like intimidated by me or my success or the fact that I'm speaking to hundreds if not thousands of people week in and week out. That doesn't bother him at all. He's got his thing. I've got my thing. And so he's really partnered well with me. And I have really incredible kids. And by the way, they're spread out, you know, 15, 12, 7, and 4. <laughs> But actually, that really helps because the olders help with the youngers yeah, and that kind of thing. So, uh, and we have this church. This church family is exceptionally, exceptionally supportive. You look like former vice president candidate Sarah Palin. <laughs> actually, she looks like Tina Fey looking like Sarah. <laughs> does, that, does that help or hurt you? You know, it's really interesting. I'm always going to say it helps me. You know, I'm a person that's a registered independent on purpose. I say I'm an equal opportunity offender. So whether you're a Republican or Democrat, I hope at some point I'm offending you. Uh, but in a lot of ways, it's just a really fun way to get involved in conversation. I think I've, I told a group that you were listening to the story. One day I went into Tony Bada Banks. It's a bar here in Tip City. And we were praying over, this is like noon in the middle of the day. I had to think to myself, okay, I'm a preacher. I'm going into Tony's. It's noon. Is anybody going to think something? And you know what I thought to myself, who cares? So I went in anyhow, right? And I walk in and I'm with uh, my, uh, my person, Catherine and I are together. And the person behind the bar looks at me and says, oh my God, I thought you were Sarah Palin. <laughs> and so, right. And I was like, well, I'm not Sarah Palin. I'm Rachel Billups. But it was just, an, and I was able to pray over the bar and prayed a prayer that I'm sure she didn't expect me to pray about how this is such an incredible place for community. And that's where people are longing to connect Absolutely. to one another. And so, anyhow, I, you know, whether it harms me or hurts me, I don't know. But I know that it, it's a really fun story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> probably take people by surprise. Yeah. I mean, the, the Lord walked into some areas that he probably shouldn't have been at. Yeah. That's exactly but, right. You know, you have to reach the people. And when you think of strong female leaders in the pulpit, you think of like Paula White, Victoria Osteen, Joyce Meyer, one of my favorites, my wife's favorite too. Do you have a favorite female pastor or is it 
pastorettes. <laughs> right. It's female pastor. Okay. You know, uh, interesting enough, Joyce Meyer was probably the only picture I had growing up. Like of women in ministry, you know, like or particularly women who are preachers, Mm -hmm. even though I grew up in a denomination that embraced women, I didn't have pictures around me of women, certainly not women that had a spouse and four children and all those kinds of things. And so uh, she was very influential for me early on. But uh, there are so many women across the country that I'm constantly meeting that I'm inspired by Joe Saxton. Um, is a woman that is just an exceptional Bible teacher, preacher. Um, she's based out of Minneapolis. She's actually like from uh, somewhere in England, maybe London. I may be wrong about that, but just an exceptional, um, an exceptional preacher. And I mean, I could go down the list. I'm actually part of a clergy covenant group uh, that are three other women, uh, Sarah, Marie, and Jen. They do ministry across the state of Ohio. We get together all the time to encourage one another. And frankly, I need those women to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm a woman who is always championing other women. So how important <laughs> is it for women of any walk of life to network like that? to support? Oh, my goodness. Life? It is vital. It is like the difference between life and death. Mm-hmm. I think so often we have this picture of like, what does leadership look like? It's solo hero leadership. I'm going to do this. I'm a lone ranger. But the reality is, in order to have sustainable leadership, you need people. You need incredible people. Now, I, you know, I think women need women, men need men, but I also think women need men and women. You know, like it's not just like one-sided. I have as many men who are pouring into my life as I do women uh, because, well, the truth of the matter is when you look around pulpits, particularly like this size, um, I'm like... Which one of these things just doesn't belong here, you know? Like, um, So I'm always networking with other men. And here's the truth. Very seldom do I ever experience a man who's in kind of the same range of pulpit that I'm in that is a deterrent to what I'm doing. Well, some stats say less than 50% of the country identifies with religion um, and do not have a spiritual home or a church that they attend regularly. What do you see and feel? You know, it's so interesting because what I'm seeing, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people who are rejecting like organized religion or like anything that says church or, you know, and with the melding of religion and politics, uh, there's a lot of like, you're Christian if, you're Christian if. Uh, But if you listen closely, if you get into conversations with people, particularly new generations of people, a lot of folks are very curious about faith. You know, I'm... I spend a lot of time in airplanes. I'm traveling across the country, speaking in a variety of places. And more often than not, except for maybe COVID, but pre-COVID, I would sit next to someone who was in their 20s or 30s, and it inevitably would come up, what do you do? And I try to like play it off. You know, I work with people. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, like I work with people, that kind of thing. And well, because it's, it always turns, no, for some people it might, I'm, I'm concerned, but usually it's because, like, it's just a way for me to get into a deeper conversation, really. Oh, it's a little more strategic. Yeah, yeah, more organic. <laughs> and so, because, um, you know, I'm a preacher sure. shut down. Right. Um, yeah. But so, usually, yeah. it, you know, we inevitably get to the place like, no, really, what do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. And then suddenly the floodgates open. Mm. I've never had a person shut down in conversation. In fact, more often than not, the story is, I used to go to church. My grandma used to take me to church. 
you know, I used to believe in Jesus. I used to I, I used to take my Jewish faith seriously. Whatever it is, it usually ends up being a 45-minute to an hour plane ride where I get to listen to um, maybe a lot of church hurt, maybe a lot of this is how I veered away from God, but an opportunity for me to really say to someone, hey, I actually think this conversation may just be a divine appointment where God is nudging you um, Mm -hmm. to really reconsider your faith. And so I'm not pushy, I'm not over the top, but more often than not, it really does make people, it stirs people's Mm -hmm. curiosity because I don't exactly look like your quintessential pastor. That's not what they're thinking. (laughs) Like you're the pastor. No, you don't. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And so like, and so it just, um, so I have a lot of hope for new generations. Mm -hmm. I think we've got to, this is gonna sound really like, crass but we got to get over ourselves and our ideas of where people are and just engage in conversation listen well you shared an interesting quote you said people aren't interested in what you believe they are more interested in what you do yeah 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 absolutely so i think a lot of times we lead with our platitudes just like my example of not saying well i'm a pastor um, we can get really comfortable with, this is what I believe, this is who I am, like, and we size it up, right? Like, we have all kinds of labels for ourselves. I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm this or that, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And really, um, I could say to you, Dan, I'm a Christian, but if I live like hell for the rest of the week, what does it matter? Yeah, nothing. I think nothing. genuinely, a new generation wants to actually see Christians do what they say mm-hmm. they do. They love Jesus and they do something about it. They want to see Christians making a difference in their community. And I even find, even if people don't agree with where I'm at, um, you know, like I have some pretty strong convictions about certain things. Uh, they will say to me, oh my gosh, you're not like I thought you would be. And then before we know it, we're developing a relationship. And before we know it, like they realize what I'm helping and what our church is about and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And then before they know it, they're like, I might want to check that out sometime because... Um, that, that's meaningful. Mm. That's meaningful. So I do think most human beings want help with their lives. They want to know that they can make their lives count. And they want to see people who are doing just that, having a meaningful life. It's similar to a quote from Maya Angelou, God mm-hmm. rest your soul. People, they don't care what you do. They don't care what you say, but they do care how you make them feel. Yeah. And so how do we, how do we, feel that emotion how do we share that emotion without turning people off when you're trying to witness to someone let's be real yeah yeah you're trying to witness to someone yeah i think um now let me be honest there are some times when people will say things uh in a conversation you know i might be having a conversation of faith that i'm like in on the inside i'm like oh i cannot believe you just said that or Mm -hmm. oh i don't necessarily agree with that i suck it up buttercup and i just keep listening so we engage here at Ginghamsburg in these peacemaking practices. By the way, we borrowed them from another church in D.C., National Community Church. It's ask anything, listen well, freely disagree, and love regardless. Ask anything, listen well, freely disagree, and love regardless. And every time that I want to like, you know, sometimes when we're witnessing, we, we're really not listening. We're just like trying to right. wait for our input, right? right? Exactly. Um, if we are really <laughs> listening well... We can kind of have the humility that says, you know what, I may not agree with that, but I w- tell me more. In fact, when we're in conversations, instead of like leading with our platitudes, I think it's really important to to lead with great questions. So Dan, what 
why is that? Why do you see that that way? You know, um, tell me more about that. Because a lot of times when someone says something in conversation, it may like tend dress on the inside. We may be like, whoa, I don't agree with that at all. Um, we might be set off and they might not mean anything that we think they, they actually mean. Mm-hmm. But the more that we dig, we're like, oh, that's why you think that. Okay, okay, I- I'm, I'm tracking with you. And so, but we've been so taught to like, judge first like quickly respond you know keyboard warrior put my two cents in you know like let's let's get what i have to say out there our world needs humility our world needs folks who are willing to say things like i don't know i'm not sure but i'm really willing to walk alongside of you as we figure this out together has our country gone off the rails morally <laughs> and spiritually, in your opinion? Well, I think so, but probably not for the reasons that you think. Like, I think one of the reasons we've gone off the rails because of what I've just articulated. We don't know how to listen to one another. We don't know how to freely disagree. We, have, we don't see each other as beloved children of the living God anymore. You are, like, once I know your label, then I can other you. Like, once I know where you stand or what your camp is, then you get to be my enemy and if you're my enemy then it's easy for me to dismiss you but if i'm always always thinking wait a second right in front of me is a beloved child of the living god i gotta suck it up buttercup and treat this person like god would treat this person it's a whole new ball game i ask all my guests this final question Mm -hmm. how do we all and i think you've already answered this several times but (laughs) how do we all make it a greater date yeah that's right you know I have one thing that I wish every single human believed about themselves. And that is they would see themselves the way that God sees them. Like I believe every single human is a beloved child of the living God. And I I not only wish they'd see themselves that way, but they'd see others that way. Because suddenly, um, if we see each other that way, all of our perceptions change. We have a lot of negative tapes about ourselves and about others for people, but you know, I'm a preacher. I'm going to go to scripture. You know, like the Bible tells us we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Perfect love cast out all fear, right? All of these things. Be still and know that I am God. If we allowed um, that tape, <laughs> those messages to like permeate our mind, heart, and our hands, um, I believe we'd start um, kind of living out of this incredible leadership and potential but also start caring for people because we're like, oh my gosh, if this is true about me, if I am this, if, if God sees me this way, then I've got to let everybody know that God sees them that way as well. And so mm-hmm. um, it would be nothing short of a revolution. Yeah. It has been a pleasure to share this podcast with you. Would you do me the honor of saying a closing prayer? I'd love to. And bless this podcast that it might be a tool for good in the future. I'd appreciate it. I'd love to. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I'm just amazed by all the folks who are going to listen in to this podcast. God, I think many of us are looking for hope and we're looking for help. God, I just pray that you would just expand the territory here, that you would open up doors of possibility, and that as people are listening in, they would be inspired. Uh, They would be motivated to, to to reach their absolute full potential. God, be with every single human listening. And God, help us to lean in with humility, to see ourselves the way you see us, and to see others that way as well. We pray this and claim this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Reverend Rachel Billups, Senior Pastor of Gingingsburg Church. Thank you for your faithful service to our community. And thank you. What an absolute delight. Wow, you know, Gingingsburg is a multi-site church located in Tip City, a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. Their main campus is located at 6759 South County Line Road, 25A, just outside of Tip City. For service times, programming, and community offerings, and how you can connect with the Gingingsburg family, just go to gingingsburg.org. That's gingingsburg.org. Well, as you know, on A Greater Date, we feature our local unsung heroes who inspire, inform, and entertain. And I think Pastor Rachel certainly fits the bill on all three counts. Best of luck to you, Pastor Rachel. But with God on your side, how can you fail? You know, I also consider it a blessing to have the support of Thrush & Son Complete Home Improvement. You know, they are the premier home improvement company in the Dayton region. From Lima to Lebanon, man, they are a top-rated home improvement company in the industry. For any project, large or small, instant quotes for free so you know exactly what to expect going into your project. They're very upfront about their services and provide convenient financing options. And if you're looking to join a successful company, they also have franchise opportunities. Owner Alan and Michelle and son Corey, so nice. And they're nice to do business with too because you know when they say they're gonna do something, they do it. You can trust Thrush. Since 1960, the heritage lives on. Thrush and Son, complete home improvement. Yeah, complete services for your complete satisfaction. Just go to thrushandson.com. I'm Dan Edwards, thanking you once again for your time. And please tell others about their Greater Dayton podcast. Like and share, and I sure appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. And now it's time for you to go out and make it a Greater Dayton.